Welcome to Tice Talks, episode 51, Maximize Your Finances. Maximizing Your Finances. Now, I'm going to warn you, give you a warning right now, that this lesson is not politically correct or socially acceptable, <laughs> but this will help you. I have watched... So that's a, there's your trigger warning right there, all right? Those of you who haven't already listened to the 50 episodes that aren't very politically correct as it is already, there's an extra warning for you. This is not for the weak in heart. Uh, if, if we're going to talk about finances, and finances, as you know, is one of the five areas of major conflict in a marriage. So as you as, as we when we finish this up and you say to your spouse, let's talk about these things, you need to f- first call up your pastor and uh, say, I need to make an appointment because we're about to talk about finances and we're going to need <laughs> an appointment right help. afterwards. <laughs> so, oh, okay. So. so what, when it comes to finances, what would you say is the basic problem in most homes? Okay, so we have conflict over finances. Why? I, I just wrote this little scenario uh, several years ago. Let me just read it to you. It says, first of all, we, we covet what we cannot afford. Hmm. Coveting is, is, is a big thing. And then we are offered credit to buy those things which we cannot afford. And we say, yes, we'll take them. <laughs> and then, according to Proverbs 22, 7, we place ourselves under bondage to the creditor. Now we're owing and we know we owe and we've got this, we've got to pay these bills. So while paying our master for what we wanted, we have conflicts with each other because we do not have enough money any longer for what we need. For basic needs. That's it. The Bible says having food and raiment, let us therewith be content, but we wanted something else. And then we go say, we say, God, why didn't you provide hmm. for for our food and our raiment? Well, he did, but you spent it on a new shotgun, or you spent it on on and what he did provide yeah, you didn't like, yeah, and so you went out and you, maxed out your credit card that's on it. something that and, you liked better. And now you have to pay for that thing, which was not a basic need, yeah. and you and uh, now you're saying God didn't provide. No, He provided, but you spent what was for your basic needs on something else. So Hmm. conflicts then arise when there's a difference of opinion about what is needed and what is wanted. The man thinks he needs certain things. The woman thinks she needs certain things. And there's a conflict. Well, we have to have this. A guy goes out and buys some dumb pair of shoes or something. And and the woman's just trying to say, I need $40 for groceries this week at least or $100 or whatever. Oh, I gave you money. Like, that's what she wanted. You got to buy dish detergent. Aren't you happy? <laughs> yeah, how's your gun? You know? I mean, yeah. really, because that's what happens. Yeah. Well, I gave you money. Did you enjoy the roast we ate last night, honey, <laughs> that I slaved over? <laughs> so so this, and, and then you have this conflict. Uh, we used to get, hand out a uh, uh, important, needed, uh, wanted a sheet for, for husbands and wives to fill out. And it's amazing the difference between what a man thinks is needed and what a woman thinks is needed. <laughs> so anyway, since many families have two incomes nowadays, money is mentally begins to be divided between yours, 
mine and ours. Now, your mother sent me straight in that a long time ago. Your mother taught me as a young married man. She explained to me that everything that is mine is hers. And everything that is hers is hers. And once we got that straight, <laughs> that was, was okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we kid about that. But, but what happens in so many homes is separate bank accounts are open, separate credit cards are issued, and then with no accountability, debts rise beyond what can be paid. And mm. this is a crisis then situation. Right. So what happens? Irresponsibility on the husband's part will cause the wife to demand accountability. Uh, what are you spending on? Why you, we don't have that. And the right to be in charge of the books. Right. Overspending then begins to, to, uh, uh, to happen more and more. Delinquent bills and then too many credit cards. So then the conflict arises and, and oftentimes it's solved this way. The wife then assumes the position of his mother. I'm going to no, you can't buy that. No, you can't buy that. She starts paying the bills and she starts doing that. And he becomes more irresponsible and then more conflicts arise. That happens, I'm telling you, over and over. You might be listening to this and saying, yeah, That's me. who told you my story? Right. So what's needed? What's needed is fiscal restraint and personal discipline. Now, that's where you, we have to, that's, and that's what we need to talk there? about. I mean, like, what are some of the basic principles of finances then? Like, how do you get there? How do you, how do you um, get the man who's, who knows, maybe he spends all his money gambling. Maybe he takes his check there. Maybe he does go out and it's like, oh, I need a boat. You live in the desert. Yeah. Oh, I need, you know, that that they want to go and buy their toys. Yeah. Um, where I know that there's, a, my my husband has always been very, um, very good with finances. And we both are very um, big on not overspending. Um, but when it came to, like, grocery shopping, he was always shocked at how much we needed to pay on groceries. Until I just invited him to come grocery shopping with me. And then he understood. And I got more money for grocery shopping because he actually got to see. But what are some of the basic principles? I can remember one day I I went home and mom said, I need, I need, this is years ago. I need some more uh, laundry soap. Could you get some more laundry soap? I said, we just bought laundry soap. I said, I don't want to hear about laundry soap anymore. She's okay. So she didn't ask me for soap. And like a week went by and I said, honey, I don't have any shirts. She said, we don't have any laundry soap. But you told me not to mention I said, well, why didn't you get some? You told me not to mention laundry soap. So I learned my lesson. <laughs> but there are some, those are, we're going to talk about some of the practical ways that you can help yes. finances. But what are some of the principles that we can follow in our life? Like, my life is like this. Okay. My husband is out spending. I don't have money for groceries. We have all this extra junk at our house. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to share with you, first of all, basic principles of Scripture. Now, you're going to think these are old-fashioned, and they are. They come from us, from the Bible, from 2,000 years ago and before. Uh, in fact, one of them is going to start, we're going to start with the creation of man and the fall of man. Uh, and again, uh, 2020 uh, and 21, uh, people are saying, 
well, this doesn't apply. And, and people said the same thing in the 60s, and they said the same thing in the 50s, and they said the same thing in the 1800s. It's just a matter of whether or not you're going to say these are principles and we should start working towards living this way. Hmm. So first of all, the, the, you've got to understand, according to the Bible, that the primary breadwinner in the house is the husband. Oh, that's yeah, that that's is, that is major, um, not politically correct. I at told all. you. I'm yes. telling you, people are, are going to have to check their hearts. Uh, <laughs> God gave man the responsibility to provide for his family, and that's all the way back in Genesis chapter three when man fell. God said, "By God gave two curses. He gave a curse to the woman. She's going to have labor pains when she's when a child is born." And he's going to work by the sweat of his brow to provide for his family. That's the deal. I tell I tell men, if you expect your wife to work to take care of the family, she should expect you to have the next baby, uh, because that's the curse that's on that's the curse on her, and the curse on you is to work. That's so, really helpful because it is. It's like a movement now to have the stay-at-home dad and to have the wife go out. Now, there are different things when people are actually physically unable to work, but that is very few and far between. That's true. And the and and there's nothing wrong with a wife working right. outside the home. Uh we're, I'm not, we're not saying that. But we we need to, you need to understand the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 5 that if a man doesn't work to provide for his family, he has denied the faith. He is worse than an infidel. Mm. Man, that's an amazing thing. What's an infidel? An infidel is an unbeliever. Yeah. So he says, so God's word says. And nothing gets worse than that. Yeah. That's, I mean, in God, like, you do not believe that I am the Christ, the son of the living God. That's exactly right. Uh, He teaches that the brother that doesn't work is walking disorderly. We find that in 1 Thessalonians. You've got to... You've got to, you're, you're messing the order of things up when you don't provide for your family. A man is basically, uh, there are several things that a man's supposed to work for. He's supposed to work to provide for himself. He's supposed to work, number two, to provide for his family. Number three, he's supposed to work so he's able to meet the needs of others. Number four, he's supposed to, to uh, uh work so he will have an appreciation of the wealth that he attains. Hmm. The Bible says wealth gotten by vanity or without work shall be diminished. And then he's to work to establish himself as the head servant in his home. Oh, uh, that's what's so great. Yeah. The head servant. That's right. Of the home. And, and if he's not doing the providing, he, men wonder why they lose respect. It's because you're not that head servant in yeah. the home. You're not providing. So you say, when you look at that, you say then, so then what's the woman supposed to do? What's the basic role of the woman? Uh, And you'll talk more about this. Uh, I I love what you do with EFW. I read the EFW thing today. It was amazing about the lady... The dishes uh, the, one? The, 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 yeah. Wasn't that the, so the, good? The kitchen sink being her altar? Yeah. <laughs> she said, that's my prayer room. I realize this is where my prayer closet is. That's, right? That is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Anyway, the woman is created to be a helpmeet. The man doesn't do well without the woman. God says that. A, God, a man is incomplete without the woman, so God created woman to complete the man. So uh, in, in Titus chapter 2, 
the Bible says the aged women or the older women in the church are to teach the younger women how to like their husbands. Uh, because women, <laughs> when they get to know their husbands, they don't like them. They don't like the way they don't do things, the way they're messy, they're, the, everything. So she's supposed to, to to teach a younger woman how to like her husband, how to like her children, because children can be unlikable, and then how to be a keeper at home. And the word keeper means the guardian of the home the protector of the home. She protects her husband. She protects her children. She protects the reputation. This is no wimpy little uh, I'm cleaning up the house thing. Right. When I hear, it makes me cringe when I hear or see people say, oh, I'm just a housewife. And I think, then you do not understand or take then seriously the responsibility that God has given you as the keeper at home. I mean, this is something I could talk a long time about. The wife and the mom, the woman at home, is the gatekeeper of the home. We are there to say, this is what is allowed in, this is what is not allowed in. And because we've made the keeper at home this June Cleaver, Joanna Gaines, Martha Stewart kind of idea in our own um, ideas, American ideas, we have totally belittled what a true keeper at home is. The keeper at home is the gatekeeper, the guard. We are like a Roman centurion that's protecting the prince and the king. That is our job. It's our job. We And we've failed. Many of us have failed because it's a difficult job. We either don't understand what that job is or it's too difficult. It's too inconvenient. It's too inconvenient to know what my children are looking up on the internet. It's too inconvenient to protect my kids and allow friends to come over and make sure the kids are downstairs where I can see them and know what's going on. It's too inconvenient. Or I just don't understand the responsibility that God, God says, no, you are a keeper at home. You are a guard of your home. And there is a war against your children. There's a war against the family. And we see it because the war, the battle that is being fought is constantly being lost in our culture. God says, God says, if the woman's not doing her job as the keeper, as the guard, that the word of God will be blasphemed. Wow. Because, because our families are supposed to represent Jesus Christ and the church. And so when we are not doing our job our important job, the job that God has given us as a guard, not this little Susie homemaker that makes sure everything looks Pinterest perfect, because we all know as mothers who Pinterest are at perfect. home. I've never heard that expression. Oh, well, that's, a, that's a challenge for mothers because we don't, that's not reality. If you're doing your real job at home, if you're really investing into your family and you're really guarding what God has intended you to guard and you're proactively doing it, sometimes you're going to have sticky floors. Sometimes you're going to have messy tables. And that's okay. Your number one job is to be that guard, that protector. Why? So the word of God won't be blasphemed. So Christ and the church will be high and lifted up. Not so, look, I raised such wonderful, great kids who love Jesus. No, so people can say, wow, that's what Jesus and the church looks like. This is how God loves the church. This is how, this is a picture. 
And that is why our job as the keeper of home, as just a housewife, is so much more important than our world has made it to be. Yep, it's it's so so important. So the husband Sorry, I didn't is, mean is, to that's go okay. Over there. The husband <laughs> is the primary breadwinner. The woman is created to be the helpmeet and the guard of the home. And then uh, in marriage, and, and, and that's taking those roles and responsibilities mm-hmm. seriously. So in marriage, then, two become one. So it's no longer yours, mine, and uh, it's only ours. What we have is ours. What, uh, and that comes to, that's true with finances. What God has joined together, let not man put asunder. Separate bank accounts, separate checkbooks, uh, multiple credit cards should not exist because they will destroy your family. It, it's God's will uh, it, uh, that you that you work together and that you understand that that you two are one. So mm. don't have multiple checking accounts, multiple bank cards. Don't do that. If you need one for business, if you need one for home, that's good. Then. That's that's business and home. Yeah. But for your home, you shouldn't have all these multiple accounts. Then remember this. It's God's will that Christians pay their debts. Hmm. Uh, the, the, when, when, when the Bible says, Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom is due, the indication is this. There will always be somebody we owe. Uh, I'm, I will always owe uh, my family, my wife. My wife, the Bible says, if you're married, you're to care for the things of your wife. I will always be in debt to my wife. Uh, In the government, the Bible says, tribute to whom tribute is due. I'm supposed to pay taxes when the government taxes me. As a Hmm. parent, uh, I'm I'm supposed to always honor my parents. It does, my parents are dead, but I'm supposed to be honorable when I speak about them. So the principle, and this is very, very important. I think it's so important for Christians to understand this. The principle in Scripture is not is personal responsibility, not necessarily debt elimination. People get so involved in eliminating debt once they hear about finances that they'll ignore the principle. They'll, they'll break all sorts of other principles just to get out of debt. Don't do that. Hmm. Owe no man anything means to pay what you owe. The Bible says, let every man abide in the same calling wherewith he is called. So the idea is this, set, make sure that your monthly payments are being paid. Now, it's good to begin to slowly pay off those debts, but the idea is this, you can serve Jesus while you are paying off what you owe right now. So um, people say, well, you know, I'm not going to I'm going to stop going to church on Sunday night or I'm going to stop going to church on Wednesday night because I'm going to work an extra job and no, it's good get another job, that's fine, but don't violate the principles of spending time with your family and serving Jesus in order to um pay yeah, off the, the debts. Debt. Pay the debts as you can and and make sure you pay your payments on time. That's what it means when he says, "Oh no, man, anything. Working off debts is good, but that shouldn't be the primary goal. Christians should determine to live within their means. Okay? That means very simply, be content with food and clothing that you have. Determine to serve 
and and pay off your debts, but don't focus on debt retirement and savings so much that you live for money. Mm. Remember that the love of money is the root of all evil. So serve God in the situation you find yourself in. Don't break principles and priorities to eliminate your death. Hmm. Absolutely essential. That's so good, not breaking principles and priorities. You know, it made me think of a family that decided that they were going to pay off their debt, and what they did was they got a um, they got a job they could all do together, and so they would go and they clean. They'd go and clean offices all together at night, and they were and they so as a family, they helped pay off the debt together. So instead of dad just being gone all the time. And being they they did some things together to help assist in paying off that debt. They built memories then, yeah. then doing that, doing right. that together. Mm-hmm. They remember doing that together. Remember when we used to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. So it's I mean you don't have to sacrifice the principles and priorities that God has placed. Um, you can help work around those, and you can do things together. But it is like you said, like it's amazing how we idolize in this country things that's exactly. that end up. At Goodwill Clearance Centers, that's you know. I like what like Dave Ramsey says. We spend so money on so much on plastic that we're going to throw away. Yes, you know it's, it's just like crazy. A, you know the the Grinch that saved Christmas, the live action one. The the Grinch says, "I go and you know what I do." And he, ta- he talks about it. it's such a good illustration. He says all of the stuff that gets wrapped up in these pretty bows and these packages. You know where it goes? It goes to me in the dump because it's true it all ends up there it all ends up burnt up why are we going in debt for it but then going like you just said once we we can go to the other extreme and make it an idol of financial security you know okay now i need to build my wealth and that that's another idol that can be brought into our lives but it's the balance of being able to live within my means, live with what we need to. You can have fun with money. I mean, we always save and go on fun vacations and we do great things, but it's not, that's not what we're living for. We understand that we're living for an eternal kingdom. Yeah. One more principle, and that is this. Don't stop giving to God. Mm, that's uh, so good. Be faithful tithing because he'll pour out blessings. He does. And he'll, he'll, he'll rebuke the devourer. So be generous with your God, be generous with your family, and be generous uh, with one another. The husband should think more about you as a husband should think more about your wife's desires than you do about your own desires. Mm. And wife, vice versa, that should be true. Now, having said all of that, that's really, really important. You may be listening to this and say, wow, this is, okay, this is something that I need to be doing. This is all new. I'm kind of freaked out. (laughs) What is going on here? And if you want any of these lists, we can send you these notes that have the Bible verses that go right along with it. You can just call the church at 702-647-4522. You can ask April to send you the list from the notes from Maximize Your Finances. And she can give you these that goes along, gives the Bible verses where we get the the biblical principles from. Or you can email at info at experienceliberty.com and request these notes as well. Okay. So I guess we need to talk about application. Yeah. So now that we know all these Bible, you know, Bible principles, how can I apply them today? 
how can I actually live a life that's financially maximized for God's kingdom? Okay, so I got the principles down. Here's the husband, here's the wife, here's our responsibilities. This is what we did wrong. This is what we should be doing. So what do we do? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you about 10 steps, okay? Right. First, sit down together with your spouse and discuss your priorities. Then, and when doing that, don't minimize your spouse's priorities. That's right. You know, it's and that's where conflicts come in. That's not important. That's not important. That's not well. It might be to him, or it might be to her. Mm -hmm. Then make a realistic budget with your present income. Here's my present income. Here's our realistic budget. Like a reality. Hi, we have six kids. Twenty dollars a week for groceries isn't going to cut it. <laughs> And you know what? Men think, Ben can't un understand that, but it's good. Like you took Neil out to uh, to the grocery store, let him see. Decide what you can live without. That's the tough one. That mm. really is tough. Yep. And then ask yourself this question. Wow, this is hard. What would we need to do to live realistically with it, with just his income? And you say, well, we would have to sell everything we have. Well, Begin to work towards that goal. Hmm. Not not today we're doing this. Don't do that. Don't blow everything up in your house and, and write for your insurance company. <laughs> uh, just start working towards that goal. When you get angry because you can't do what you used to do, and hmm. that's what happens. You think, man, why don't we just go to McDonald's? We don't go to McDonald's anymore because we... We have peanut butter and honey that, at home. That, that's what peanut we do. Peanut butter and jelly at home. Yep. So, so you get upset. <laughs> Just confess to God, I don't have these things because I was covetous before. One day in the future, I may have these things. Mm -hmm. But right now, I'm just going to take care of this. Confess your selfishness and ask God to help make you content with what you do have. Because our world, we just live in such a fast-paced world. We have a we-need-it-now world. Yeah. We need, I need to be satisfied now. And this is also just teaching your kids that it's okay we don't need that right now it's amazing the fun you can have with your kids when you can't watch netflix because you can't afford it yeah. or you can't watch uh, you can't watch cable tv because you can't afford it yeah. it's amazing what you can do like live life it's right. an amazing thing the De adventures they can have yeah determine to think of yourself as a servant of god and pray for the needs and wants of others in your family above your own Really, really important. Next, ask God to give you creative ways to help others at the same time as as getting needed income for your family. This is so this is so important. Saying, Lord, okay, we need extra income, but we want to serve others. Yeah. God will give you a means by which, if you ask, you can meet the needs of some people in your community, and at the same time, this is by the way biblical capitalism mm -hmm. and uh, you can do that by within your home out of a home business be willing to downsize before breaking bible principles and that means i'm selling my house i'm moving to a smaller house i'm i'm we're we're get going from three cars to two or from two to one if you can do that uh selling a house selling furniture or you going from a to have the car get rid of the brand new car has. and get a car that's 10 years old yeah. and ask god to give you one that'll make it from point A to point right. B. Uh, live day by day trusting God to supply your needs. And, and, and then as God permits, then you begin to lay aside money. This is 
in the future for things in the future, like college and vacation and future ministries. So, and then lastly, take Dave Ramsey's course, right. FPU, Financial Peace University. You can get, th- th- we will be having get your one. kids listening to it, start yeah. them young. I remember talking, when Neil and I took that course, we were just newlyweds and um, I had been married about a year. And that totally, totally changed our grocery budget. That's what first helped it change. And I sat there and I talked to somebody who is about 15 years older than I am. And they said, why didn't anybody tell us any of this before? If we were your age, we could start doing stuff. They said, we're going to start doing these things now. But wow, we would be in such a different place if someone told us these things. I wish we knew these things. But the thing is, you can teach your kids these principles, and they can help you out when you're old. That's That's my whole plan. (laughs) My plan is getting my kids rich so they can take care of me. Really? I mean, Dave Ramsey has some excellent programs. They have little things for the little, little kids. But my son, um, they have have Financial Peace University for high schoolers. They have online. They have it for homeschoolers, specifically for each individual group. And don't think, people are so, uh, this is just dumb thinking. Well, you know, I don't agree with everything that Dave Ramsey does. Who who cares? cares? (laughs) Eat the fish and spit out the bones. uh, Some of the things I taught today are are different than what Dave Ramsey would have taught. Right. Mm -hmm. But, man... The guy's got everything concise and down in a really neat form, and you can take and it's look, fun. Take it over, take the course over the next nine weeks, right? And let it change your life. Just take nine weeks out of your life, and and then, of course, and then the frustration of the next couple of years as you're paying your way out of debt, <laughs> then you got freedom, and you and you'll be able to do things that you'll want to do. And so it's a, it is, it's a wonderful program. We offer it here at our church about twice a year. And it's an excellent program. I have I was in with people who paid off their home that were now living financially secure. We started doing this at our church about 12 years ago. Yeah. And it's just, it is an excellent practical course that we each can do to maximize our finances. It will help you. So I'm so glad you tuned in today. I am so glad that... Uh, you're listening to this, I hope that you'll take it. Again, you can get these lists by contacting us uh, through the information that a charity just gave to you. So I want to remind you, this is Tice Talks. And it's more than a conversation.